Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. 1234 in Edmonton. Not a... Not a song that comes immediately to my mind when I think of In Excess. What about you, Brennan? <laughs> Not necessarily, but uh, I, I'm kind of rolling with some deeper cuts here today. I can see that. Uh, it is 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan S. Scott with you. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Want to tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply serving a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris is open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 until until 10 p.m. I know we have the Gary Dreger Golf Classic coming up here, and uh, we're going to have something that's going to be a part of that event with Roos Chris. Pretty unique experience. Uh, pretty rare one, which uh, we'll be shedding some light on. Uh, for some reason, why did I... Oh, David Soul, because we went talking about Justin Vargas and the fact that his father played the character Huggy Bear on... Uh, Starsky and Hutch and David Soul. So my my experience watching David Soul as a kid was you know with uh, watching uh, Starsky and Hutch, and then he ended up on Salem's Lot, which for me may have been the scariest show I've ever seen. I'm not the only one that feels that way. Jay says been saying for years that they should do a remake a remake of uh, Salem's Lot could be the scariest movie of all time. That one comes to us from Jay. What was the name of the movie? I don't know if people can remember it. Uh, was it The Witch? Where it was, it took place in like the 1600s or something, and this family was living living like right on the tree line, and there was a a witch that was stealing their. Ch- oh man, you know you know who's a huge fan of horror flicks. For GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, we welcome back to the show, Brendan. Go ahead and select uh, Louis in for me if you could. Oh, there he is. We got Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. I actually just got shivers when you talked about Salem's Lot. I don't know if it was just how old you and I were at that time, but that movie was right in the wheelhouse. Do you remember the scene where the one, um, the two kids are yeah. walking and the one kid gets taken and then he comes to the window and he's floating yes. by the window trying yes. to get, I think, I think it was Michael let me in yes. and he's scratching at the window oh. and... Oh, I couldn't have a window open after that. I had to have the curtains closed when I was a kid. I was like, no way. But uh, that is a classic movie. I agree with that uh, person that texted in and said they should do a remake. It's been a long time. I think that was back in the mid-70s. So so we, we lived on an with, acreage. With special effects now, they could make that just an incredible movie. We lived on an acreage, Louie. And so if you drove up to our house, it looked like, you know, just a one level house, but the backside of the house was two levels. And I had a football field and a rink built in the sort of in the back. And my sister, my older sister, Kelly decided to play a little trick on her younger brother after we'd seen the show and banged on the window. And I could like, like that night. And I remember it was during the Stanley cup playoffs when the show, and I was just, 
Oh my man, oh, I was just don't, don't think that I didn't do that to my younger brother Luke. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was any any way you could terrify a sibling, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, but that now you, if if I recall correctly, you were a huge, uh, or you are still a huge fan of horror flicks, are you not? You know what I was? I not so much nowadays. My daughter is though. I've kind of passed that on to her. She's stone cold too, Bob. She can sit through the scariest movie, no problem at all. Jake, on the other hand. He was like me. He's he's a little bit of a wuss when it, but that's why I liked them so much. Was that they they scared the you know what out of me. So, um, but yeah, I still do. I still will watch uh, the occasional one. Cindy's not a big horror flick movie person, so we don't watch a ton. But when I get a chance, I'll watch them the odd time. There's a lot that have come out lately. There's a few real good ones right now that I have to catch up on. Did you see The Witch? That was the uh, one where the the it's like a family that's were they in a cabin. Yeah, well, sort of. They're on like uh, it's like a settlement, you know, like they're they're settlers in like the sixteen or seventeen hundreds, and there's a witch in the woods, and everybody sort of goes crazy in the film. Oh man, it's brutal. <laughs> well, you know what? I I did a thing back in the day for oh, for yeah. Halloween for scary movies. It was uh, a hit for I can't remember what sta- ITV. At it that was time, it maybe? was with John Sexsmith, and I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It was yeah. with John Sexsmith. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of them in there. Obviously, the one, you know, Poltergeist was, you know, just a classic. But I always said that the, I think it was Poltergeist 3. That was a long time ago. But that one was more what you're talking about. Um, Demonic possession. You know, just, it was was just freaky. It was just one of those ones where you're like, yeah, I just, there was way more conversation. It was... Uh, you know, the the first one is a, is, a, is a girl possessed, and obviously that's crazy, and the devil's coming out. But then in, in the third one, it seemed it was inside of a penitentiary or something like that, or a jail, and it was that one was disturbing too. So uh, <laughs> the, that's the whole that's the whole point, right? Yes, the Big L has just texted Bob. What about Ghost Story? That was scary. Did you see Ghost Story? Why am I not? That's not ringing a bell for that, me either. Uh, it's a bunch of guys, and they get drunk and hook up with somebody, and they think she's dead and she's not, and she ends up going into uh, a, a. They're, they're devastated because they think she's died, and she ends up going into a lake and she awakes before she goes into the lake and comes back to haunt them 20 years later or something. That was scary, scary movie. Uh, we've got one for The Omen as well. Oh, yeah, you know, that one. Yeah, for sure. I just remember the bird scene where the bird's just picking away the, the big raven. Yeah. And, uh, and falling through ice. You know, that's what, what makes me think of uh, The Omen. Listen I, to that. Listen to that music. If that's not the freakiest music in the world, I don't know what is. Oh, man. You can tell it's yeah. a Friday, uh, a Friday fridge season. <laughs> you know, the, the managers and executives have headed off to the lake, and away we go. Uh, I'll tell but, you what, put that movie on in a dark basement, you know, lights out, and you're going to get freaked out a bit. It's impossible not to. I also did not like the Ring, the movie The Ring. The Ring, the Ring was really, uh, yeah. No, I agree with you. The Ring was one of those ones that almost was, I don't know, just. Rub me the wrong way for some reason, and that's I guess what they're trying to do, right? But uh, I agree with you. That the ring was, uh, yeah. I didn't like that one. Uh, that one unsettled me. Randy in Calgary says, "Bob, the original Poltergeist." Uh, Bob, it's the uh, Jordan in Calgary says, "The Exorcist or Bust." Original Exorcist says Steve as well. 
Uh, we're getting a lot of... Oh, yeah. No, it's classic. You can't go wrong with The Exorcist. That's have... just... What, what, what is heretical? At that point in time, when you think about it, just that was, you know, cutting-edge stuff that was going on in that movie. And, you know, anytime you're dealing with uh, Satan, demonic, Didn't... like, possession, it's pretty hard not to get a little freaked out. No, I thought I saw a documentary on The Exorcist, and people were, like, vomiting in the movie theaters when it came out. That's how unsettled it was for people. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I was just... Yeah, well, I, well, I imagine you think that was back in the 70s, too, right? Yeah. So that's, where, that's oh, yeah. when they were really... That was the... When that genre really took off, and they were really starting to... You know, even Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror was a freaky um, a freaky movie. Plus, it was based off of reality, I believe. Yes. Um, so it even made it even scarier, in my opinion. You know, anything based off reality always, is, to me, has a little bit more of an element to it, so... But uh, there's a lot of classics. And you know what? Like I said, I've kind of gotten out of that mix when we started having kids. We didn't go to the movies as much. So, you know, I was a big DVD guy. But I, I got to catch up. That's maybe something I'll do is start to catch up on some of my uh, horror flicks. All right. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, the, Haji says, what about the changeling with the pipes and the tube? And uh, Joel from Lethbridge and Lana both say Candyman. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, you yes. know, every time we you drive past the United there's, Center, yeah. where the where Caprini Greeds <laughs> used to be, we bring it up every time, don't we? We're like, there's no way. When you watch that movie, if the age you watch that movie, if you were young when you watched that movie, which most of us were, um, you couldn't go into a mirror and say that. There's not a chance. No. There's no way you could come out after the movie and just do that. It would. It, it was too freaky. And Virginia, oh, Mads, yeah. Virginia Madsen was in Candyman too. So that's that's all you need to know. Let, yeah, there you go. What is okay? So have you seen this Hereditary? We no. we've got like six texts or seven texts on uh, Hereditary. Uh, Sunny in Vancouver says Paranormal Activity. I've seen that one before. Um, I've not seen Hereditary. All right. And Jordan uh, is adding, scariest movie all time is a Spanish film called Terrified. Uh, it'll scare the you-know-what out of you. Uh, JJ says, what about the, the serpent and the rainbow? I didn't find American Werewolf in London to be particular. We're getting some of those. And a couple guys have said Deliverance. I did not think Deliverance. I thought, I got, maybe it's my sick sense of humor. I kind of thought it was funny, you know, like... Maybe it's because Burt Reynolds was just so damn cool back then, Louis. But Deliverance to me was. I would, I would look at that as more of. No, you know what? I would. I would you almost kind of want to classify that as horror a little bit here. Yeah. You know, way out in the boonies and. Yeah. It, it, oh, okay. I, that's that's legit. Okay, I'll tell you what. That's legit scary. Let's put it that way. Deliverance is legit scary. That's like, I think anybody's worst nightmare to come. Dude. To have something like that happen, go into the woods and well, we we both. Hey, man, we've you've been out there hunting, right? You've actually physically done what those guys were doing in Deliverance. And in my past life, when I worked in reforestation, there was a lot of times I was out. I mean, we had we had hunters show up that were drunk sometimes into our camps. You know, when we had twenty women in our camps and twenty five guys, and these guys were plastered and they, like, man, when you're out there, you're out That's there. That's not good. That's not good. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you guys aren't driving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're staying here. We're well, you going. shouldn't be. You right. shouldn't be intoxicated with a weapon in your hand. Hundred. Anyway. Well, I'll try telling guys that come up from the states from Michigan that when they're going into. Uh, well, yeah. Number one, it's illegal. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> when, but when they're coming, I'm going not into, saying that that doesn't get done, but I'm just saying that's not. 
I think that's a real low percentage of hunters that are doing that stuff. Oh, no, no. Very Again, it, it happened once. Michigan hunters in, of all places, Manitowaja, Ontario, 1989. That's where it happened. All right, Louis, let's get to it. Uh, let's, let's hit on some hockey. Thank you for everybody. Uh, by the way, yeah, uh, love, we'll do that again at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, Steven from BC wanted to add Texas Chainsaw. And Ray says, Bob, what about Married with Children being a horror show? I, I, I just had an, I just thought that, that's, that's... What a some, great show, though. That was a great show. That, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, when you could still do shows like that. Louie, lots to get to. So, the Edmonton Oilers get Evander Kane done on a four-year deal at $5.125 million. They get Jack Campbell five times five. And, and then Brett Kulak, four years at 2.75. Um, suffice to say, I don't think Ken Holland's ever been more popular than right now. Give me your assessment of the body of work of those three signings. Incredible. Honestly, I think the conversations you and I have had in the last month building up to this, we thought, no way. There's no chance he's signing for that much here. But you know what? Um, congratulations to Edmonton for getting him signed and Evander Kane for, for wanting to stay here. Same with Brett Kulak, and that's the biggest thing that stands out for me. That's true unrestricted free agents that have gone anywhere in the, in the league they wanted to go, and they decided to stay here. That is a huge sign. That's a massive sign for me. And that's when you start to see things turn. When, when players want to stay with an organization, want to be with this organization, it was Zach Hyman last year that signed a big contract with Edmonton to be in Edmonton and play on this team. That's when you start to put the pieces together and build a willing, winning team. So, I mean, that's a real positive for me on both sides. It's a great price point for the Edmonton Oilers for what I believe is going to be a 40-goal score at least one year in those four years, maybe more. He potentially is going to break that 40-goal barrier. He would have last year. I I don't see him slowing down, and I think he's only going to get more comfortable playing with the top sentiment on this team, Um, both in Dreisaitl and McDavid or Nugent Hopkins. It doesn't matter. You can play with all three, but it gives you a lot of different – um, combinations you can put together, but he had a great chemistry with McDavid. I think the best we've seen aside from Leon Dreisaitl, you know, as a left winger. And then, you know, for Brett Kulak with the retirement of, of Duncan Keith, you're, you're going to need to fill some holes. And I know they expect to have some young guys come up. I know Broberg's name has been mentioned. I think Nemo Lyon's going to get a real good look this year because he did some good things last year. And he's a guy that definitely will see time in Edmonton. And I love the game that he brings. It's a big punishing game and he has a real familiarity with Dave Manson and I just think they can they can hone that that big man skills to be a solid defender in the National Hockey League but a punishing hitter as well which they're going to need we've talked about that with the absence now of Cassian um, you know leaving it's a guy you, you, you just don't you don't just fill somebody in for the Cassian role. There's not that many guys like him in the National Hockey League. So you're going to have to do it in other ways. You're going to have to be bigger and stronger. Um, and especially if they would have lost Kane, it would have been even more important to try and build up that toughness on the team. But I like what I like what Ken Holland did. I, I think that this is this is called grinding. This is where you put your foot down. You go in. You explain to players this is what has to happen if we want to be better. This is what happens if we want to take the next step. We took a big step in getting to the conference final. But if you want to go further in this league, if you look at all the great teams, and especially I'll look at the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, they had a ton of guys that took discounts to stay on that team. Now, I know everyone's going to say, what well, was Florida, the tax bracket, still like make No, 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 no. They could have made more money. There's no question they could have made more money. But they understood and they saw what that team was all about, and they won two championships, almost won a third. And I think they're going to be in the mix next year, too. Like they're, they're not going away. They're still a great team. 
and they had to re-sign a bunch of guys for a lot of money, but they're going to reshuffle and do what they do, and that's what Ken Holland has done every year that he's been here. He's looked at what you need, he's looked at what he's had to do, and he's made adjustments in, under a very strict salary cap in a situation where you just can't go out there and spend money how you want to. And he gets three very important pieces, very important pieces back of the team. But the new signing, when you look at that, this is for Jack Campbell, um, Darcy Kemper and him were the number one and two goaltenders that were available in the open market. And one of them comes to Edmonton. It's, again, a very positive sign. Yeah, absolutely, Lou. I mean, it, it, I mean, and I think there's greater confidence with Campbell than Mike Smith, even though Smith went 9-23, 9-15 the last two years. I, most of the analytics types think Kulak is probably a $4 million defenseman playing paid, being paid 2.75. Uh, think of Ben Sherratt going for 4.75 or Gabranson going for 4. Those are both on four-year terms, and the Oilers got Kulak at 2.75, and he skates better in a league where you got to be able to skate. Kane is Kane. I'm with you. Kane's, Kane's yep, probably a... I, if Kane plays 75 games with the Oilers and he's playing with McDavid, he's going to score 30-plus goals every year. He will. Well, you know, and you, you and I said down the stretch, like when he came on board from the time that he stepped on board and really started to figure it out, excuse me, and then the playoffs scores 13 goals. He's playing like a 7 to $8 million player Yeah. in this league right now. Look at the contracts they're dishing out to people. Look at the contracts they're giving young guys that have never done what he's done. Do you know what I'm saying? And so he's, he's an established guy and in that regard. And he's, and he's tough. So that's the other dimension that you can't speak about. That's the only thing I'll say about Sherrod and Goodbranson is that they bring a certain nastiness to their game, sure. which is coveted by NHL hockey teams. It's coveted by any team, in my opinion, but especially in the National Hockey League. It's a big, tough league. Yeah, you have to be fast, and you better be fast, and you better be able to skate. And that's no question Kulak's greatest asset. He's an amazing skater. He really is. But he's a little different of a defender than him, but he does have a hardness to his game that I really appreciate. But, um, you know, Sherratt's a big dude. You know, he's dropping the gloves. He's laying big hits. He's not afraid to get in your face. And he's and same with Goodbranson. He started to do that more on a more regular basis. And to me, that's what turned his career around. You know, he's always been a big, solid guy. Yeah. He's gotten a little, he's gotten a little nasty now, and he's sure. stepped up. Sure. It just goes to show you, people want that. And I've liked his game much better in the last couple of years than I did before. All right. I just think it's, yeah. So I, I, I can understand that with them. And you know what? Listen, I, I, I do believe Kulak probably could have got more. Um, I'm agreeing with you in that regard. I think they're a little different players, that's all. But but I think it's a good signing. I really do. And it's an important one because we saw him step up. when In the absence of Darnell Nurse, when he missed some time, he stepped up into that one hole. And, and he filled in nicely. He filled in there and, and, and could play that position. He could play more minutes, which he showed everybody. And I think that's a big reason they wanted to get him signed because he's versatile in that, in that dimension. And depending on how the young guys do that come in, if there's another signing of a defenseman, a traded defenseman, he's a versatile guy that you can push around and move around. And he has no problem with that. Hey, Louie, uh, just before we cut you loose, and this is your final appearance of the 21-22 season, though I am going to ask you to come in a studio in August sometime. Um, so, look, the Oilers have three restricted free agents. McLeod doesn't have Arbrights. That's going to be an easy one to get done. Uh, Yamamoto and Pogliarvi both have compelling cases. There may only be room for one. Uh, there's been enough smoke around, yes, of Pogliarvi. I think there's an inevitable path there. But you know what the Oilers don't have beyond Evander Kane? They don't have any yeah. edge, right? Archibald has gone ahead and signed in yep. Pittsburgh. Um, I, I, I don't want to see Kane fighting, and I don't want to see Nurse fighting. because And the Oilers had the fewest fights in the entire National Hockey League last year, so maybe it just doesn't matter. But I'm going to ask you, should they perhaps contemplate 
even if it's only a guy at 750k of investing and bringing in a little bit of muscle 100 percent it's, it's a no-brainer for me yeah i don't even have to go any further with that explanation <laughs> i think it's something that's going to be needed um i know it's not a hundred percent necessary but there's times that it's necessary there's times that it's very necessary so Listen, I think when you look at Ken Holland's track record, though, he's never really liked to have that designated hitter. You know, I mean, now, don't get me wrong. He, you know, he brought in Grimson for a little while. I know he had different guys. He had uh, yeah, Aaron Downey, who, again, you know, it, it's different character guys that he brought in. And I think that's probably how he would like to fill that role. Essentially, the, the best is for a guy that can play, that can, you know, I think Delorey, like we talked about, unfortunately signing with uh, Philadelphia for Edmonton fans, but I think there's a guy that comes in now, he's a valuable penalty killer. He's a valuable penalty killer. He's going to hit. He's a big physical guy, and there's no question he's tough as nails. He's going to fight. That's the kind of guy nowadays that I think is so valuable. I'm surprised he actually signed what he signed for, to be honest. I thought he could have got more. Me too. Louie, great stuff. Thanks for joining us all season long and uh, taking some horror flicks here over the uh, next few months, okay? Absolutely, Bob. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to uh, next year. It should be Take good. Care. There you go. That is Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis' appearances have been brought to you all season long by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Brendan S. Scott, Bob Stoffer with you. When we come back, we're going to get to some of your texts. And- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And uh, get to some of your thoughts. We'll move off the movie uh, conversation and get into some more hockey talk. You're listening to Oilers now. Wow. Uh, we talked about the fact that maybe the Oilers needed a great song, by the way. Talked about the fact that maybe Edmonton needs a little bit more juice, a little bit more toughness. Bob, I have a dream. Brett Ritchie and Zidane Chara on one-way $750,000 contracts and Ben Harper and Curtis Gabriel on two-way contracts. Allow me to suggest to you, here is the problem that the Oilers would have. There would be cap, you know, off-season cap implications with that because the amount of time that Harper and Gabriel were in the National Hockey League, uh, and we'll get Puckpedia to explain it coming up, Hart Levine, uh, today at uh, 135. As for Brett Ritchie, you know, three or four years ago had a lot of it. I would, if it's me, yeah, I'd look at Brett Ritchie as a, as a fourth line right wing. Uh, The only problem is, you know, kind of a lumbering skater. Um, He's not a heavyweight, but he's a big, strong guy that can do it. If he has to, you saw what happened with Jujar That said, the same thing happened to him last year. Borvietsky is one of the best technical fighters in the league. Uh, Brett Ritchie did have some success playing with Derek Ryan in Calgary. So, Chara's Chara. I mean, he's Zidane Chara. I just don't know, you know, at this stage. I think Chara can probably get a, a 750 with a bonus-laden contract. Take it for what it's worth. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, how much is McDavid worth in terms of free agent contacts, uh, contracts to, to play in Edmonton? I think it's huge. 
Let's be honest here. If the Oilers don't have McDavid and Drysaddle, they don't get Zach Hyman, and they don't get Jack Campbell. They and they don't get a Vander Kane. So Ken Holland has been able to capitalize a bit on that, and Ken's been patient. And I'll be very intrigued to see what the Oilers ultimately get done because I still think they're going to get at least two more forwards signed over the next uh, couple of weeks. Off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Sportsnet spec Mark Spector when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.